2: It's Tuesday, November 16th. I'm Jeff Schwartz alongside Gabe Gill, And This is Jeff Schwartz This Smart. You are powered by the Varsity Podcast Network. What's, what's the title for the show? Tired and Wired? Tired and Punchy? Punchy, but no one cares that we're tired. But nonetheless, the Chiefs are back on track. A lot of quarterbacks bounce back in Week 10 of the NFL. We have a lot to get to. Welcome into our Tuesday NFL show. Uh, Gabe, no one cares that any of us can't sleep and we have lives, but man, whew, this might be an interesting episode.
1: Well, you know, listen, our producer on this show is a young man uh, with a lot of life ahead of him. And I would say, Jeff, I'm going to take a chance here. He might have to edit this out. Listening to me and you talk about our lives, particularly our lives as fathers, is better birth control than anything you can buy at a CVS. All right, young men, if you are, are contemplating whether it's worth ta- you know, being extra careful out there, just hear me and Jeff talk about what we live through with our children every weekend. And I promise you, you will not take those chances yeah, anymore.
2: To me, at Jeff Schwartz, if you want to be part of the first seven minutes of our of our non-taped episode uh, before we put... I mean, Gabe's crushing a bagel as we're getting going. I'm. I, it's, it's the only time I've got by myself to it, eat, It's Jeff. the seven seconds we do uh, before... Um, before uh, uh the show, but nonetheless, we are here. We had a great week of NFL action. I actually won some wagers this week in the NFL, which is uh which I will Attaboy. take. So all right, Gabe, where do you want to start? Let's start with some quarterbacks, I feel like.
1: I want to start with some guys who are just as punchy as we are. Uh, and and this is a phenomenon that I bring up a lot on this show, and and I always say it because it's like an easy fan take, but I, I'm starting to think there's something to this, Jeff. Big name quarterbacks really thrive on the whole chip on a shoulder thing, and we saw a lot of evidence of it this weekend. Cam. Obvious chip on a shoulder, worked great for him in his comeback. Aaron Rodgers, chip on a shoulder guy, boom, takes a W in his comeback. Uh, Dak, Mahomes, both criticized for not playing that well recently, boom, exploding the best versions of themselves as their teams come back with big wins. And now Bruce Arians is trying to put a chip on his own quarterback's shoulder, criticizing him for two picks, one of which wasn't even his fault. Even I can admit it. Chip on a shoulder thing is real, Jeff. It it
2: matters. Yeah, does it doesn't matter for all things. Like, don't aren't you motivated by people telling you you can't do something? I mean, I know I am. I know I was. Right, I actually have a list on my phone. My agent told me to make this list when I was. I don't know. I forget what point of my career, my NFL career. Of like, tell make a list of everyone that told you you can't do it, can't play in the NFL, and I did. And we people use the motivation of you can't do it. I'm going to show you. And and what happens is because of our of our culture now, of social media. When you have one bad week, Dak Prescott comes off one bad week, one bad week so far this year uh, of otherwise MVP esque season. And he comes, he hears all week. Oh, Dak doesn't have it. They, you know, the first seven games was a fluke. Blah 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 blah. He comes down and says, Hey, you know what? Screw you guys. I'm going to show you guys. Um, you know, Aaron Rodgers obviously right comes back from. Covid uh, on the Covid list, um, and you know for for uh, twelve days you heard screw you Aaron Rodgers, screw you, I you know screw your takes, I, I hate you know I hate you now. I've had people tell me that they're not watching Aaron Rodgers anymore, which is a little extreme. I'm still watching Aaron Rodgers, but you know they don't respect him anymore, they don't like him anymore. Uh, you know he hears that too, guys. All these players that claim they non social media are full of crap. They all they all get this stuff. Teams, by the way. Oh, I oh head coach. I'm on. I'm on, on Snap Face. I'm on. I'm on, on Face <laughs> Face. You know, Facebook or, 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 or you know, Face Twitter. Or whatever Belichick says. Now that it's called yeah, Meta, yeah, it's going to be hard yeah, to make those yeah, jokes. That's, that's not happening. And you know, they they all see this stuff, right, guys? They all see people ragging on them. They can feel the pressure coming down on them. And when you have good players like Dak and Aaron and Pat, they're going to play better. In those whats oh, you know Cam Newton for Carolina did not have many reps in the game. Scoring in the first run he had, which was from the two-yard line, and then the very next series passed from the two-yard line for a touchdown. Think about what he's been through, right? He he leaves Carolina after he thought he was gonna stay, goes to New England, had a good start to last season, then kind of tumbled off, entered training camp as a starter. Now, I mean, it feels like very clearly that Mac Jones may have been a starter anyways but he misses that time because of co of the um of the covid post cam was not Covid positive, but he you know he went away from the team and had to miss those three or four days. And Matt came in and played well. And they cut Cam, and then he came and gets vaccinated eventually. Now he's back in Carolina, where he where, and boom, like the motivation of that of you know like, screw you New England, screw you NFL. I'm back. I can still play. I'm going to make plays happen. And so players use that motivation. I know I have in my life really on the NFL side. I've never had in the media tell me. I mean, you I mean, you can't do it. I don't know. I've had people not hire me. It's a little different than like outright, like not wanting. You know, the, the NFL is more ruthless than that. Even college. I mean, I had coaches tell me I never played in the NFL. I, all those things. So you use that motivation. And, and remember, we are way too reactionary week to week. That's why I think people enjoy following me on social media because, or, or listen to this podcast. I'm not that way. I don't make these, these every week, like I'm not a roller coaster, right? Kind of, it takes weeks. Months sometimes for me to change an opinion on a team because each week is different, and you know that typically outliers are not the the normal, right? You know teams are going to have outliers, players will have outlier games or months or weeks, but typically what you see most of the time is what you get. And when you Dak Prescott and Pat Mahomes for the last month and Aaron Rodgers get crapped on, they're going to come back with a little more motivation to prove everyone wrong.
1: Well, okay, and so. It's human nature, but I think it's, it's unique to a certain kind of quarterback who have to generate some sort of passion from within because all of these guys are high performers and when things are clicking, it just works and they they don't need to be pissed off to win, but it seems like they all find this extra gear. And so I want to drill into Cam for a second because he did, like you said, he did not have a ton of snaps. There was no real reason he had to have a huge impact on a, a huge game, by the way. I mean, they're alive because of that game. And actually, the cards are in trouble. We'll talk about them both in over under. But I guess what I'm curious about is like, do other people buy it? Because I saw this video that everyone's sharing of like Cam's circled up in the huddle uh, on the sidelines and everyone's listening to him and he's coaching them up and he's immediately the leader again. And that's a very convenient thing for fans to point out. But is that real? I mean, you've actually yeah. been in huddles oh, with I- the guy.
2: Do people buy him immediately? Well, you you buy you buy the veteran experience. Of course you do, right? I mean, this is he's played 10 years of football. He was the MVP. It's interesting. It's ironic that his first start again, or first time on the field with the Panthers again was at the at the place he had his first start, which was in Arizona in, in 2011. Of course, if a player of 10 years who has had the stature that he has had comes to the silence and says, hey guys, this is what we're doing wrong, especially when things aren't going well, of course you listen to him. Your, your, your ears perk up. Your ears perk up. Your ears perk up. And and you listen to a guy that has that. I, I remember, you know, Eli Manning, I've said this before. You know, I, I played with Eli after he won his two Super Bowls. So it's a little bit different than playing with Eli either before or after that time. But Eli did not talk very much. But when he did talk to us, I mean, I'm not, I mean he wasn't shy. But, like, he didn't like team speech very often. But when he did, and I, I'm not sure Cam does it is a team speech guy either. I have no idea. But when Eli spoke... And I, I, I didn't know Eli from scratch. Never talked to him before. Never met him before. When I got to New York, again, I mean, he welcomed me, but he didn't give a lot of speeches. He didn't talk to the team during training camp, none of that stuff. But the first time he got up and spoke to us about something, I forget what it was, you're like, oh, okay. Like, it matters more when Eli says it. Because he's been there. He's done it. And Cam has been there and done that. And for that team, there's a lot of young players on the team Sam Donald's not their guy. Like he, he, he tried to be their guy. He's not PJ Walker. Like you need your, you take the personality of your quarterback, right? That's typically what teams are. And in that moment, we saw the video too. Cam's leading. He's a leader. I think he gets a bad rap because he dresses, uh, style. Is it stylish? I don't know. I could never dress like that. But you know, he dresses a stylish way. He has press conferences that might not be normal. He uses that weird uh, font, whatever. But no one has ever questioned him as a leader, right? No one's ever questioned that in Carolina. And we saw that that on the first game back the team gravitated toward him because there was a void on that team there was no there was no there's no veteran vocal leader on that team
1: yeah well the the charisma part has never been in question and the and I think he was criticized for it being too much or it being you know look at me but they do look at him like I don't know that's one of those times I mean both things I've offered in this segment are pretty dumb Fan guy takes, but you're telling me as a person who's literally been in the huddle with this dude, that it's real, that people actually respond to that. So then let me ask you this. Bruce Arians is trying a trick that worked for him last year, and I think it's a risky one to go back to this year. He's publicly calling out Tom Brady and saying, you know, we lost because Tom didn't play well. His picks were on him. They weren't on the receivers. That's debatable. He's basically just going back and hoping this works and it fires up his quarterback and not lose his quarterback. Do you think it will work?
2: Um, I don't know. I mean, it, it, will it put I a mean, chip on it, his own? It seems quarterback to have chip. always worked. <laughs> like this seems. To, it seems that this is what what always works, right? Is the, you know always being able to. Uh, to find ways to motivate Tom by calling him out by saying he's done by saying he's washed um those are always that have worked in the past I don't know why it would be any different now I mean Tom was salty dude he barely did a post a postgame press conference um and this you know salty Tom is what we've come to expect obviously after bad performances but yeah I don't know why it wouldn't work this year like that's the thing right like he he's this is a proven now over 20 year career that when you doubt Tom Brady especially like in the playoffs last year, you just shouldn't because it's you're going to end up costing you know not costing anything you know not costing your team because typically we're fans doing that but you're going to lose the, you're going to lose those moments because Tom Brady thrives up being criticized.
1: Yeah, but by his own coach at a time when he wasn't even actually to blame.
2: But last year the same thing happened and Tom wasn't to blame for some of the stuff too and it worked. Now, now Tom might just be immune from it and maybe the team needs to hear that. Like maybe Bruce Arians it, it makes sense to tell the team it was Tom's fault. I don't know. Maybe he understands he can take the blunt of this and, and, and just be like, okay, fine. I, I, you know, I, it's my fault, everyone. Like, you know, it, it might not be obviously, but there's an understanding between him and Bruce that I'll take the fall for it. It's just works better for our team. If I do that, maybe that's the way that they, that's the way they motivate themselves.
0: Hmm.
1: Okay. it's an interesting mind game that you're playing with Tom Brady. I, I you know also by the way you brought it up like what a baby just do do the the post game what's your problem
2: i i am uh i'm a tom brady defender especially on this show because there's no one who hates tom brady more than than gabe over here um but yeah he should have done a longer press conference i don't like i don't like when players do that when they lose like i i know it sucks you lost but when things are good you do the press conferences when things are bad you do it also
1: yeah that's just part of the gig and like sorry you know it is just a game and you lost the game like you just have to answer the stupid questions you don't have to love it you don't have to give long answers you don't have to be a a ball of fun but just stand there and answer the questions i mean that that's just what it takes i don't understand why it's like well i don't like i don't like losing like well yeah no crap dude (laughs) who does like how about the guys who lose almost all the time who still show up and have to take those dumb questions like it's part of the gig yeah, like your Jets, they keep showing up every week. They show up and answer the questions. Robert Sala's not ducking the media. God bless the guy. I mean, you know that's part of like part of the job. I just wish that Tom Brady realized that sometimes. Well, listen, one of the things the Chiefs didn't have to worry about was uh was getting bad questions fired at them in post game. This was probably the most joyous any Chiefs fan, you especially, has been all year. You and Nick Wright are just sounding off on on your Chiefs. Um, you know, a lot of people were out on them. Now they're saying they're all the way back. They're they atop the AFC West. Pat had five touchdowns. Everybody's eaten. It's great, right? Like, no problems remaining. Chiefs are the favorite again, Jeff.
2: Say it. Well, look, Gabe. I can either take the three-plus years of excellent offense that we've seen from the Chiefs or the one month they struggled what should I do? What should I believe is going to happen? The month they struggled, or the great offense they had for three, three plus years? Mm-hmm. I'll go with the great offense effort for for, for three plus was in a night by the way when there was plenty more to be had. There were plenty of plays to, to to be made that weren't made. We had a little bit of fumble luck go our way, you know the things that you know we had a terrible turnover on special teams, but um, you know we, we kept turnovers to a minimum. Offensive line protected their butts off for Pat Mahomes, and look the Raiders. It's interesting. I talked about this. I was on with Mina Kimes last week in her podcast, and we talked specifically about what the Raiders are going to do on defense. And we said, so this cover two thing has been happening, right? So everyone's playing cover two against Kansas City, two two deep safeties. But you have to be good at cover two to run cover two. Like you have to practice it and do it a lot. The Raiders do almost none of it. And so the idea was, are they going to run cover two, which is giving the Chiefs problems, or run their defense, which is one high, and then just hope your technique wins. And none of it worked. They did a little cover two, didn't work, and they did some some single high and they got blown up. So teams are going to come back. They play Dallas this weekend. They're going to run cover two, I would imagine. But he's, but Dan Quinn also, the DC for the Cowboys, is also a, a Pete Carroll guy, right? So maybe the one high is in, in, his, in his system as well. It's hard to just come out and run too high when you don't practice, right? There's different technique for corners and for safeties and for linebackers and for the pass rush as well. It's all different. And the Chiefs looked efficient. Pat Mahomes, Found second options all the time, right? He looked downfield, boom, running back. Like he was just very, the screen game was back, but the offense line would they run the ball really well? That looked like the Chiefs' offense. That the, 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 um, why is they got Travis Kelsey and Hill involved? It just looked like it should. And I would like to believe that this is moving forward what they're going to be defensively, by the way, too much better on defense. They've been playing much better on defense. It's helpful that Deshaun Jackson went the wrong way for some reason and then fumbled. Um, but the defense is better. The offense is doing their part. Now they have Dallas coming up. Tough game to play. It's that Arrowhead. Hopefully that helps them a little bit. Um, but guess what? The rest of the AFC. You had your chance to bury them. You had your chance, and now they're first place in the AFC West, the four seed right now. Look, they they they, they lose a tiebreaker to Tennessee and Buffalo and Baltimore. I get that, you know. But but nonetheless, guys. They're back, and you you got a chance to bury them. The year they won the Super Bowl, they were six and four after ten games. They're six and four right now, and, four. and no one in the AFC is claimed there's is is claimed the top spot. Look, I know Tennessee won again. I, uh, uh, uh Buffalo they, they they smash the Jets, but you know every week on offense it's like ah, oh, do no. Baltimore lost to Miami. So many injuries on Baltimore. Is it Pittsburgh who tied the Lions? No. Is it Cleveland? No. Chargers, no. Colts, no. Like, who? Who? It's Kansas City's right there. They're right where they want to be. So, six and four after 10 games, some ups and downs, first place in the AFC West as we sit right now.
1: Hmm. I know you feel good about saying all that. And there is a team who it might be, and it pains me to talk about it. That'll be our next topic. You left one off the AFC list, the six and four team that's red hot right now. I hate it. Oh, I did. Yeah. I well, they're it. not two
2: world contenders, okay. but they're, 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 uh, I, I get to slam, I get to slam duck on people for, for Kansas City today and I, because I told you guys, just, just guys, it's gonna, and I said last week, do you remember Gabe? game? I said last week that throw from Pat Mahomes to end the game against yeah, the Packers. You said this. Changed everything. Yes. So Nick, right, he said the same thing too and he's been very, I said, guys, it, it sometimes takes, you know, if you're a hitter and you're in an 0 for 4 game slump, maybe just hit a single, like a mm-hmm. good contact single, right? To last, you know, you're, your, your team's down eight to one. It's in the seventh inning, and you just hit a good single, like a boom, right right at the middle, and sparks you. And that's a pat. Yeah, it's a little more stress situation for Pat. It's a 15 yard throw on the run, like boom. He hits it. Game's over. You feel great about yourself. And he, the the rhythm of the Chiefs' offense looked different, right? Like there was there was a rhythm to it. There was a flow to it. There was some boom, 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 boom. Oh, here's your boom. Kelsey's open. So it just it just felt like the Chiefs' offense. So, um, guys. They're back. I'm sorry to tell you. Okay.
1: Well, you, you're talking so much about rhythm and it's something felt like back to normal. And I uh, reminded you of the good times. I'm going to throw something at you that's uh, it's out there in Chiefs Twitter. I think uh, one of our friends and listeners, uh, Tyler Grant, put this on my radar. And uh, I'm going to bring it to you. And I, and I don't think you're going to like this. But <clears throat> there is a theory out there that Coach Reed had sort of handed the reins over offensively to Eric Bieniemy because... Obviously, he's he's earned the right to to run that offense, um, but also because we're kind of all mystified why Coach Biennemi hasn't um, gotten a head coaching job anywhere, and that that was one of the criticisms. Was, well, he's not actually technically in charge of the offense. That's the kind of thing we heard. So they turned over the offense, and things didn't go so well, and that maybe this week was the week that Andy sort of quietly took it back. That's a summary of a take that is out there. I don't know if it's right or wrong.
2: Care to respond. Yeah, it's wrong. Um, but I will say it's been pretty interesting, right? So, the last couple of years when the Chiefs' offense was doing really well, remember how many times dur- during game that the camera showed Eric Bieniemy calling plays in, and everyone's, "Oh my, EB, great job calling plays." Mm. And this year when the Chiefs' offense struggled, guess who got the blame? Andy Reid did, mm. because Andy Reid's in charge of the offense. That's why. And nothing against Eric Bieniemy. This is not—I've said for many years—should be a head coach. Someone should hire him, be the head coach. But when things are going well, people praise Eric Bien-Aimé, and When things are going poorly, they bash Andy Reid. Like, should, right? That kind of tells you, I think, who runs the offense. It's Andy Reid. Andy Reid, no. Andy Reid does a collaborative effort. It's not just him, right? Like, he he says, okay, you have, you know, in, you know, be, you know you, you're scripting the red zone this week or you have third down, whatever it is, or, you know, offensive line coach, you do the run game. Like, everyone has their, and there's it's a collaborative effort. It's not just calling plays himself. He'll ask people, hey, what should we run here? But the idea that, 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 that Eric bien called the offense this year and therefore it was bad and how Andy Reid took it over is is BS. It's always Andy Reid's offense. He didn't give it up. Why would he give it up? He, there's no point in giving it up. So that's not at all what has happened here. And that would have been reported, by the way, 100%. There would have been people in the NFL who wanted to get that out if that was true. And it's certainly not true.
1: Okay. Well, thank you for clearing that up. Uh, I didn't know what was right or wrong about that, but I know it's circulating. Um, all right. So I asked you at the beginning... Are the Chiefs the favorites? Let me end by just saying, are they the favorite in the AFC right
2: now? I'd bet on them, but they have, they have a tough playoff road though. They have to go to Buffalo and go to Tennessee. I still think Buffalo is that team because Buffalo defensively is doing some really good things. You
1: know where else they might have to go in January if things keep up. I hate saying it, they might have to go to New England. I don't think they're necessarily going to win the division, but man, they could be the top wildcard team the way they're playing. So. Uh, Mac Jones didn't have to break anyone's ankles this week, didn't have to cheat. Um, he he still has 15 grand in his pocket that he should have been fined for last week. And uh, he managed to throw for a hundred something yards. Um, and that was enough to get dubbed, you know, the next coming of Tom Brady as he won, I think, five straight now. Four, five straight. It's crazy the run I there. I think it's four, four yeah. straight, five of six, whatever. They, they're six and four, and they look re- really good. Their defense is good. Um, they're beating good teams. They just basically ended the Browns and maybe Baker forever. Like, it's happening, isn't it? Like, this is real. For the last three weeks, I've been like, it's not real, right? And you're not sure. But now it kind of feels real. The Pats are good.
2: Yep, it's real. Uh, They're good. So it's an interesting thing that that happened last year. I mean, it's, it's very typical social media to have this discussion. So and no football people actually said this out loud because it's not true. So last year, Tom Brady went to Super Bowl. And the, the classic response is, see, see, it was Tom Brady and not Bill Belichick. That guy can't coach at all. He he, he lost his edge with Tom Brady gone. And you're like, eh, guy's been a good coach for 40 years, just forgot how to coach. No, they were 7-9 last year with, with a bad roster. They improved the roster. Now, if you want to give Belichick grief, it's for his roster management, which has been poor. No one, no, and and everyone. No one says otherwise. It's been poor. He can still coach, and guess what? He has a team now on defense that's what he wants it to be. They're multiple, right? They do different things, which they always do. A lot more zone coverage this year. Not as much man coverage. Doesn't have Stephon Gilmore, so they changed their identity a little bit. Offensively, same as the Tom Brady method. Run the football. Right, good physical offensive line. They dominated that game smart, efficient passes. You're not asking Matt Jones to do too much, just like, you know, the later years of Tom Brady, you didn't ask him to do too much. Of course, there's going to be, a, if, if if the Patriots are in a shootout, right, they need to win a game 35-32. Is that what they do best? No. Can they do it? We'll find out. But when, when your offense is on schedule, this is what it can look like. Matt Jones is making... Better throws each week. He's improving each week. Does he have the upside of Trevor Lawrence? No. But I think if, if you were the Jets, would you rather take Mac Jones right now than Zach Wilson?
1: Well, yeah, like, yeah. I, mean, yeah. I I mean, I said I, that like, like, all along.
2: Like, like he, you did, and I, I was with you on the, on the Zach Wilson thing. So, he's just—they're playing efficient brand of football. They, they appear to enjoy playing with each other. Jacoby Myers has played a bazillion years in the NFL. Never had a passing touchdown or receiving touchdown, I should say. Finally got one at the end in the game. The whole team ran the field to go celebrate with them. Like, they, they look like a team that actually enjoys playing with each other. That's very important as well. So, there's some swagger in New England. And um, it's, uh, they're playing, they're, they're just playing good football, man.
1: Yeah, they are. And so, we just talked about Coach Biennami in Kansas City and what credit he does or doesn't deserve or what blame he does or doesn't deserve. Here's one of the things that drives me crazy about the Patriots and NFL media at large. And this is not a knock on the guy who tweeted this, because I think he does a good job. But he's just sort of been doing this a long time and goes for these narratives. Ed Werder, Josh McDaniels can coach and develop a quarterback. That was the tweet. And then he shows, you know, Mac Jones's numbers so far. Like, is that really the take, you know, that... Coach McDaniels is the one figuring all this out. Like what isn't that just sort of a lazy thing to say? We well, Josh McDaniels proved already that he's at best, at best, like a Belichick sort of errand boy kind of coach. He's he's just doing what he's told. He went and had a chance to run his own team, didn't go anywhere, and he came right back home to dad. Like, why are we still talking about Josh McDaniels like he's a genius?
2: He deserves credit for Mac Jones, but what other quarterback has he developed? <laughs> like the idea, the idea, he, did, he, he didn't develop Tom Brady. That was like Charlie Weiss, whoever was the, was the OC way back uh, when Tom Brady was there. Like, this is, no, he, he deserves praise for this. I mean, you cannot deny that he has done a good job with Mac Jones so far. Well, But, but to claim he's this overall quarterback whisper seems silly.
1: But he's a first-round pick who went to Alabama. Like, he wasn't, he didn't come in needing a whole lot of molding, you know? Like, and they don't even ask him to do anything.
2: He dinks and dunks um, the whole damn game. How many yards did he have? None. Um, he, Matt Jones had 198, I think. Uh, 196 cool. yards. Right, great. The Patriots' point differentials plus what 100 the last um, the last uh, four games too. Like they're they're doing it all. I mean, it's impressive.
1: I guess I'm just Belichick is probably like, yeah, go ahead, Josh. Go take the next opening and see how that goes for you again, buddy. Like, you keep telling yourself you're developing my quarterbacks. Let's see who believes that. It just, it's a silly thing that keeps coming up, and I think he must have some good agents or PR people. It's always out there. Every time they have a little bit of success on offense, it's Josh McDaniel's time.
2: I don't get it. I, Look, here's the thing, too, about this game, the media game. I'm going to talk about Russell Wilson in a few minutes because that the way that we had talked about Russell Wilson this week was embarrassing. It wasn't we. It was two people, mostly. Mm. Is that you know the media members do favors for people that they like, mm-hmm, for agents mm-hmm. and for and that this is how the sausage is made. Um and it might just be Ed Warder, his boys with Josh Daniels and sent out a tweet. Like it could be that simple. That's the way it is though, but you know you know this. Yeah, I mean, and I'm not trying to single out Ed. Lots yeah. of
1: people have said stuff like that. And, you know, like you just said, like there's some truth to it. I just I don't know. I mean, I just get salty every every time the Patriots have any success at all. And I have to watch that in my timeline. I just I get pissy. I'm sorry. Um, well, can we can we take a quick break and come back? And then I, I got a few of your yes. triggers. I got one name in particular, man. Let's do it. Hank, yes. and Hank has a new a new term that he coined that I like. He's got a trademark on it in the rundown. Get ready, guys. Kingsbury collapse coming up next. I love it. All right, welcome back. We're moving the line, and we are starting with the Kingsbury collapse, trademarked by Hank. Um, is that imminent? Will the Cards finish over under 11 eleven and a half wins now, Jeff? They have eight of them. What do you okay, think?
2: So we need to we're gonna to have to do this now because it's very important to to bring this up because um, it's it's actually rather shocking his record in the second half of the eh? season. So his first his first year in at Texas Tech. He lost um, his last five games of the regular season, then won the bowl game. All right. So that, that's 2013 now. First year there. Second season there, he lost... Well, he won the first two games and then lost, proceeded to lose eight of his last 10. I mean, that's kind of maybe just bad. He's just bad that year. Okay. 2015, guys, he started out five and two and then lost uh, four of his last six. Not ideal. In 2016... Uh, he just was bad that year. It was three. He was God. He was five and seven. How do you, I mean? How does he get hired in the NFL? But you know, he he started out three and a, three and one. And then lost what six of his last eight. So great start, great start and great finish there. The following season he's six and seven, and he started out four and one, and then lost. what well, my math would tell me there he lost uh, six of his last eight there again. Like, are we are, are we sensing a trend here, guys? Last year at, at Texas Tech he starts out uh, five and two, loses five straight to end the season. We know at Arizona he started, I believe, his first year. Th- Three six and one, and then finished at six and ten, something like that, or six nine and one. Or he started three, no, he started three three and one, and finished at six nine and one. Then last year he started uh, what was it? he started uh, three and six and finished something. like what, Eight and eight. Like, he just he's finished slow every year. He loses every single season. Why is this year any different? Why is it any different? This is why no one is buying Arizona. This is why no one's buying it. Okay. The injuries are piling up now, and he keeps losing. All right, fair enough. And
1: and you've. Explained this to me that he is a second half collapser many times and I always buy it. I'm here for this bit. Can we maybe admit that not having Kyler Murray has something to do with it? He actually stole a win with Colt McCoy. Like not having Kyler Murray is the problem more than it's you know Cliff Kingsbury and his collapse.
2: Yeah. Well. Yeah. Ky- Kyler being hurt obviously has not been good and that's been a problem of his now for a couple of years. He he has just been. He has just been hurt, um, at, uh, at, and every time he gets hurt, the team, obviously no surprise, uh, suffers.
1: Yeah. Well, all right. I mean, I don't have any more responses on the Cardinals. I wanted to have a longer conversation about the Cardinals, but I'm thinking about it. And I'm like, I don't have any rets here. I can't talk there's about enough, this team do, because there, I don't actually there. believe they're worth talking about. Yeah, exactly. No one believes it. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Um, Let's talk about another team that may or may not be worth talking about, but we touched on them earlier, and I want to come back to them for a very specific question. Cam plays this weekend against, by the way, his old coach, Ron Rivera, Uh, over under 70% of the Panthers' quarterback snaps. He got very few of them in week one, but here he comes.
2: That's a great question. Um, 70% feels high. I mean, PJ Walker played well this past weekend. I think if PJ Walker did not play as well, then this would – surely be that, but the question is how fast can he come up with the game plan, right? How fast can he come up with with the offense? I don't think they're going to run, they're going to run one one that New England, like, pack it in and run the ball offense. I mean, Joe Brady's not going to want to run that. They're going to want well, Cam in a regular offense. And, and whether or not he's up to speed, I would say no. I would say that's a lot for it's not, look, guys, this isn't someone you signed, in, you know, before training camp. It's the middle of the season, right? To catch up on a new offense and new terminology is very tough. You know, they're not changing the terminology for him either, right? So, so, sometimes they talk about, you know, you go to a new team and they change the terminology for you to make it easier for you. They're not doing that. There's a famous story of, of Brett Favre, where would he go, where someone on the team translated – the calls into West Coast offense calls for him because he didn't know. I think it was the Jets, I think it right? was the it was, Jets.
1: I think yeah, the first yeah. bit, they, they were like, don't worry about it. We'll take care of that for you. Yeah,
2: so they had a guy on the staff oh. who took, like, if the call was XYZ, he translated into ABC and gave it to Favre. Like, that's how Favre just didn't want to learn a new offense. That's not going to happen in the middle of the season. And so how quickly he can't pick up on this offense, I would say for this week, you know, kind of a revenge game with Ron Rivera, which is still, it's not a revenge game. I would say less than 70% snaps.
1: Less than 70%, okay. But all the goal line stuff and all the key spots. That's all going to be there. Yeah.
2: Third down, goal line, all there, yeah. Okay. Um, all right. Talking about
1: another mobile quarterback who may or may not have it anymore. Um, this one is sure to trigger you. Uh, Ian Rappaport uh, said that Russell Wilson rehabbed for 19 to 20 hours a day in order to come back from his... Finger injury, odds this is even within a few hours of possible.
2: I'm gonna say over under one percent chance this is real. I think Russell Wilson is a is a nice guy, Uh right? He seems like a nice guy, but God damn it, guys, like why do we talk about him like this? What the? What are we doing? It's a finger injury. We talked about we, we 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 talked about like Alex Smith and like not even close to these terms. He almost lost his leg. It's a freaking finger injury. What is he doing all day? Nineteen hours of rehab. Why are we buy this shit? Why are we why are we reporting this crap? It's just crap. He's not doing nineteen hours of rehab. It's impossible. Like when he does squats, is he rehabbing his finger? In the meeting room, is what's he doing in the meeting room to rehab his finger? I, I'd love to know what he's doing in the meeting room. Oh, he's just moving his finger up and down. Got a little ice pack on there, like, and. They always say too that rest and recovery, sleep is good for rehab. Maybe not for fingers because the fingers not a big deal. Like, come on, guys, we've got to stop these stories. I even tweeted out today. It was like eight a.m. I was like, guys, Russ is seven hours into rehab. We need to pick our days up. And people were like, taking it seriously. Like, how dare you knock his work ethic? I'm just, I'm, I'm looking forward to E60, brother. Like, I, the E60 and Russell Wilson's finger rehab. Like, why don't, Come on, guys. Like, can we at least like the hero worship of some of these guys is unbelievable to me. It's a finger injury, a mallet finger. I had a mallet, yeah. You see my fingers right here. I had a mallet finger. I don't even remember what finger it's on because that's how little it it mattered. Like I had the same injury he had. I didn't get a pin in it because I just could play on offense alignment. Just played with it, but like, it's just, it's just so much. It's so obnoxious and just needs to stop. Why are we doing this?
1: Uh okay. I. Yes, full cosign and see previous comment about. Sometimes it seems like the media just say like, "All right, got it," and copy and paste it and put in a tweet.
2: But, but like, think about it. Just like sometimes I'm like, I'm like, oh, I'm like, really? really, like 19 hours a day. Like, and then you go out and get shut out. Congratulations on your rehab for 19 hours a day. Um, what was more surprising was it running this story. Pete Carroll throwing what appeared to be a foot phone on the floor instead of his challenge flag. Uh, I didn't actually see that, but yeah, you need, yeah, he 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 like tried to find his challenge flag and he just like threw like what Ooh, looked like a, foot a phone burner phone, interesting, yeah, or it was like a mouse, I don't know what it was, like it was an electronic device that maybe it was like a, a meter or something, I don't know what it was. It was odd, it was very, very odd, but uh, as Hank notes, he might win comeback player of the year, Russell Wilson, because
1: Oh, yeah, that from injury. that injury. Yeah. Well, you know, another Hank point here, a lot of a lot of mic time for Hank. Uh, but I think it's it's the first thing I thought as well. Maybe since you're talking about rest and recovery, maybe Russell is including like an eight hour night of sleep into his 19 hours. That would still only be 11 hours of of uh, rehab time, which I you know, feel like is a lot, but whatever. So now you get eight plus 11. That's a that's a 19. I can actually believe is possible.
2: Why would you include sleep time? you got to rest and into, recover, into, man. Into, that's such... Oh
1: that's like the way when you do your taxes and you say that, like, you know, you have some magazine subscriptions and you take it as a deduction. Oh, I, I do did, all that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <right>. so, <laughs> yeah, yeah, of
2: course I take that stuff. But I, actually, but I actually use the athletic for my work. All that right, see, sense. so that's a real,
1: a real deduction. So maybe he's just putting eight hours sleep into the rehab time. Maybe that's how he's doing it. Something you and I cannot do. Eight hours
2: sleep would be a that'd be the best night's sleep I'd had in months. I am, I'm 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 promising you right now. We're recording this on Monday. I end my radio show tonight at nine p.m. Eastern. My pac Twelve show. I will be asleep by nine thirty-five. I'm not watching a second of the Monday football game. I don't even know who's playing. I do not care. I'm not, uh, Niners Rams. I think it is. I'm I'm gonna. Which is going to be stupid because i got to talk about Odell at some point, possibly. So we'll see. You might have to, you
1: might have to wake yourself up to comment on Odell. Uh, but you, we'll definitely be talking about him next week. We can promise you that because whatever the hell I, I mean, happens I
2: bet, there, no, I bet nothing happens. This is recording this before the game. I bet nothing happens with Odell. Like nothing whatsoever.
1: Yeah, I don't think they're going to do much with him week one. And I think they're going to be careful with him. He's got that bum shoulder, right? They're going to want to be... Very careful because now they, they really need him. He seemed like a luxury when they when the trade was sort of getting announced, or the signing rather, was getting announced. By the end of la- the last week, they had to have him because Woods is gone now. So like I don't think they're going to be in a rush. I think they're going to try to sneak through this week without using him much and then factor him into the offense more and more over the next few weeks. Um, all right, let me, let me ask you this. Uh, how many more weeks until I am willing to admit that the Titans are kind of good over under four and a half weeks?
2: Take the under. We, we, the The show will never be that. We'll never do that. So it's okay. So we're just we're Jan. We're, we're basically February fourteenth
1: bas- is the soonest. We'll admit they're good.
2: Yeah, basically we're we're basically the AFC South is dead to us, right? We don't talk about the the C team up there in in Indianapolis. We don't talk about them. Mm-hmm. The Titans just like you know like they're just it's a odd. Team. Yeah, it's a crap... Ryan Tannehill's playing good football, though. Ryan Tannehill, their pass is better this year, and Ryan Tannehill's uh, playing good with all the injuries he's had around him. But um, who, who outside of Tennessee, thinks they're winning the Super Bowl this year?
1: I don't know, but they got Houston twice. They got Miami and Jacksonville. Oh, yeah. They got Pittsburgh. We'll talk about them in a second, because they don't look great. They got the Niners, who might have given up by the time they get them. I mean, there's a very good chance the team we don't want to talk about has... 12, 13 wins? Like, I, oh,
2: they're, they're probably the, they have, they have the tiebreaker of the Chiefs. In, like, They're going to be the one seed, the tiebreaker of the Chiefs yeah. and Bills.
1: And then, you know, let's see who else is still healthy by then. I mean, they will have had all their pieces in place for weeks. Like, they had their big injury. Some, All the other good teams are probably still waiting for their big injury. That's just the way life works. So, I don't know, yeah, that's, man. That's fair. Could be, could be a weird one. All right. Well, I mentioned the Steelers who somehow what a disaster and man you know i normally love the red zone channel but god guys why are we spending so much time on Lions steelers i feel like i watched the whole damn Lions steelers game that was one of the worst football games i've ever seen in my life and now we get a, a tie so jeff you played on a pretty horrible team in carolina at one point you're qualified to answer this question yeah. What what are the odds the Lions would rather have gone zero seventeen than zero sixteen and one?
2: Oh man, poor Lions. I feel are they. Jared Goff, by the way, has yet to win a game. Sean McVay is his head coach. It's remarkable. <laughs> uh, some games they battle their asses off. Other games they just suck. Um, I think you would rather go zero seventeen because the tie like you have to talk about the tie afterwards. You're like, oh, we tied the pit the Steelers. God, that game was it. Game was glorious. I watched the, like the last quarter and a half god glory just a glorious contest i mean the the football gods delivered us i mean the fumbling the missed kicks the bad quarterback play oh, it was hard it was destined for it was destined for a tie it was destined for a tie
1: it, it was a horrible thing and then after the game i think naji harris
2: basically was like what you can tie every year after every tie there's one player they find who says i didn't know we could tie
1: well he gave it to him rookie i
2: want, you know, I, I want to bring up interesting so I tweeted that out and people said, oh, well, how does he not know that? Well, I'll tell you this guys. A lot of players actually aren't football fans. They don't watch football, Like they they're just good at football. They don't watch football. Huh. They don't watch football outside of the building. They don't pay attention to like other things happening in the sport. They don't watch college football. somebody's just good at football. Maybe Najee is one of those guys. He doesn't watch football. He goes home and has a life outside. I, not me. I come home from a game and immediately put on more football. I love football. Um, but some guys just don't watch it, and maybe he just hadn't watched enough NFL football. He you know, al- played Alabama. There's no pro team in Alabama. Maybe he just didn't watch a lot of, of NFL football.
1: Yeah. Also, I mean, he probably and didn't college
2: even... can't And obviously college can't end in a tie either. So,
1: And he probably didn't realize that you could ever play a game that you didn't win by four touchdowns because of his time at Alabama. Oh, is that an Alba- that's an Alabama he joke. He didn't oh, even cool, know. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. We're not allowed to make Alabama being – no, I'm Good saying I, I thought
2: we spent I thought I thought we spent that time on New Mexico State yesterday. Ah, well, we did, <laughs> we did, we did get a little Alabama time in yesterday. <laughs> Boy,
1: these days are running together, Jeff. I can't keep track of my Sundays and my Mondays anymore. On my Tuesdays, it's all a mess. Let me tell you one uh, guy who's having a hard time with his days. And this this one, I really want to know your thoughts. All right, so the guy who we said we would not name, the, the quarterback. We're still not going to name it. We're not going to name it. The quarterback in Indianapolis. Um made it known through the media that he would not be attending his wife's delivery of their second child on Sunday during the Jags game that he was playing. He would not go to that. And even if the delivery came next Sunday, he would also not go to that. He was skipping the delivery of his child. He had to focus on football. And, hey, I get it. But uh, I want to know the odds that you would survive if you suggested that to your wife when you were a football player.
2: Oh, I'd be dead. She um, would not
1: let that but, happen, would she?
2: Well, we had our both our kids before, like purposely. So, not I mean, we didn't like plan that out nine months before that. Um, but we had Alex. We had we induced my son a week before training camp in 2014, mm-hmm. and then Emmy was like 12 days before training camp. I think she wasn't. In, was she induced? 12 or 14 days before training camp in 2016. So. Um, yeah, she wanted to have the kid before went to train kid. Which I told us like said, babe, I would gladly come home for three days for for birth. She's like, no, 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 you 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 just can't do it. I go, no, I can, I promise you. But she didn't want to. She didn't want to like have me to fly home. And so we yeah we we um I I wouldn't want to miss it. But I guess like how many kids is this for Wednesday oh, me, for the quarterback in in blue in Indianapolis. I believe this is his
1: second. And so I we're joking around a little here. I'm I, I don't know if the baby what, was born at, yet. At what,
2: at, at what age, at, how many babies is it like? Yeah, I don't need to be there for that. How what, what age? What how many babies do you think?
1: Well, we've already established that our wives do not listen to this show, so can I answer this question
2: honestly? Yeah, go ahead. By I had the third. I was gonna say the third. Like, third's about enough. But you had but you had two at one time, though. Right. By you, I mean your wife. <laughs> yes. Um I think. I think the
1: second one, you still better be there. I don't know how you're how you're f- supposed to not the thir- be there. I
2: feel with like a third Turns. birth, it's like if you're not, if you're there, you're there. It I think matter.
1: it's debatable by then, assuming everyone's healthy. <laughs> Every got to I got to assume everyone's healthy here, and yes, I'm assuming yes. that with the guy we're talking about. Um, <laughs> it's I up after three, I feel like you know you don't even have to be at an NFL game. You could be playing Madden or something and be like, Yeah, That's not, I'm sorry.
2: If you guys are listening to this, this late in the show, you obviously love our show tweet me or leave a comment on iTunes about how many births your you think your wife would allow you to <laughs> at what point would your wife allow you to not be at the birth I feel like yeah I feel like I feel like 3 and up is like you're safe to not not have to be present the first one you got to be it got to be there inc- got to the be there
1: not only got to be there got to be there got to be ready for days in advance and be oh, through every part of it
2: isn't it so it's so funny man my buddies had their second kid like okay, we could go and I'm talking to him and it's just it reminds me of the second kid you're just like what else the first one everything's prepared like and the second one you're just like whatever we'll just we have a bag at home somewhere we'll just bring supplies with us at some point yeah <laughs> There's just there's just no there's just like no, no worries no concerns you're no. just like you're like oh I've done this before I don't have to do this again um oh man kid kid humor Well we've yeah.
1: we've really full circled this show because this show began uh talking about how we we could really by the end, people who were uh, being uncareful in bed would be like, oh man, I can't risk having kids. I got to be more careful. And here we are ending our show talking about the birth of children. So, you know, it's a complete circle for the young men who might
2: choose to press play on this podcast. And if if you just, if you just, um, yeah, if you, if you don't want to have kids or you're on the fence, just, we, we will offer you, if you want to tweet me at Jeff Schwartz and you want to come on our show for the first seven minutes every Monday afternoon, if we record the show you're welcome to come on we will talk to you about our kid problems not even problems we're like it's they're bougie problems our lack of sleep whatever you want to talk about we will t- we will be your birth control on this show if you would like um and also get called old because i'm 35 and our producer is 17 and he yelled at me, <laughs> he, called me old earlier. he called me his parents age call me his parents age
1: yeah yeah, he did. He called you his parents' age, but 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 while telling a story about how he tried to get his dad to help him with a Nintendo Switch game. Like, what the hell's have why would his dad ever know the answer to that? The whole thing was very confusing.
2: Yes, it didn't. It made no sense. I think he's just trying to fit in, Gabe. He's young. He just trying to make. He's just trying to fit in. Well, with
1: li- listen. Uh, when you're young these days, anything you think, put it in the comment section, you know, and you'll be famous as a result. So he's just just t- just TikTok it. Just, t- just TikTok. Just TikTok. <laughs> just say it in the form of some dumb dance. Every other person in your whole freaking life also did. What is that about TikTok? Can someone tell me? Is there a reason no one has? any original idea why does everyone do the same dance to the same song yeah. over and over again
2: it's it's also most of them most people don't even dance very well either it's just like i don't know i did a tiktok once. time My wife had me do one of those dances i did it it's on video somewhere i don't know um
1: i liked your tiktoks i thought that was going to start breaking out of a stance and into a block i thought that could yeah,
2: pick on a uh, up. i i it never it never did i am um a very uh very many rungs below attractive enough to be a tiktok star um, yeah, some of the videos are just like are cringy. But I like the food. I watch the food videos on there. There's this guy I follow who has a farm. I love his farm videos. Mm-hmm. Um, the dancing videos, I mean, whatever. That's like not why I'm there. Um, but all right, enough blabbering about TikTok. Uh, we are powered by the Varsity Podcast Network. You can find us there on iTunes, on Spotify. Please leave a review. Uh, rating would be great as well. They really help our show. Uh, at Jeff Schwartz as well, if you want to leave a comment. We'll be back on Thursday. We had a winning week. Uh, by the way, Pac-12 record, 26-9. and uh, I think our NFL record now is 21-29. and We have 4-1 this week. Uh, we needed that in the worst way. So we're digging ourselves out of a hole in the NFL. We'll be back on Thursday. Have a great couple of days,
0: everyone.